0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions.
0: 18 plus. Blob Talk Radio.
1: Celebrating their 20th year in radio broadcasting. With news not heard in the news, the International Taz and Paula Show interviews experts from all walks of life, bridging research and personal life journeys, revealing new ways to unleash life with a passion of a heartbeat. And now, here's Taz and Paula. Well, here's
2: to a day like no other. No matter where you are on the globe, we are going to open the doors beyond anything we could have imagined. Your heart is going to tickle, and as we get just an inkling of how things are changing on our planet, our guest, Mary Rodwell, will be talking about the star children. Mary's research shows while many star children, sometimes called indigos, possess unusual abilities from others, like telepathic abilities. They are spiritually awake, um, and they can as well describe seeing beings of light, or sometimes maybe called angels or light beings. She says that the main reason the star children have these recollections of encounters with extraterrestrial beings is because they have been taken aboard extraterrestrial spaceships. Paula. It doesn't get much more exciting than this. You are now listening to the International Taz and Paula Show. I'm Taz.
1: And I'm Paula. Well, Taz, this is exciting because we're touching those areas of a new way to look at life, and this just pops a whole new segment for everyone. Mary Rodwell's research also explores the evidence from scientific, medical, psychological, and historical perspective to support what she believes is genetic engineering program. That is a part of an upgrade to homo Sapiens that is creating a par- paradigm shift in human consciousness which these children demonstrate. Mary, this tips the scales that we get to have to you on the show today to share all this with us. Welcome.
0: Thank you so much for inviting me, and it's a, it's a real pleasure to be able to share some of the information that I'm coming across from the whole... Phenomena, which is extraterrestrial encounters.
2: Mary, we so how need does... to let people know that you are calling all the way from Queensland, Australia. Okay, <laughs> and um, you have you have literally covered so much groundwork with all the work that you do. Um, it's pretty incredible. Um, you you're just a little touch of a background here. Um, are, are you okay? Um, yes. Have a lot of noise behind. What's going on? Hello. Okay. Hello. Hi.
0: Hi. Somebody's. Mo- Hi. Somebody's moving a lot of stuff. Hello. No. Uh, that's yes. I'm. I can hear you, but I can also hear that background noise as well. Okay. Um. Oh, it's Mary? because
1: I'm in the car. I'm in the car test.
2: Okay, Mary Rodwell, you are recognized internationally as one of Australia's leading researchers in the UFO and contact phenomena as well. You are an RN and the founder and principal of Australian Close Encounter Research. Um, and um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Okay, so kind of let's go on from there. I'm telling you i it's just watching you all the research and the groundwork that you've done behind everything uh you might want to tell people how how all of this came about
1: for you, yeah that's what I'm curious about <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you know i um my background is nursing midwifery, um but I went into counseling uh, um sort of unexpectedly when my my children were growing up um and i I sort of resonated with working with people, looking at prevention rather than cure, which, you know, in some respects, when you go to hospital, that's the sort of end date of of, uh, why illness manifests. And so with counselling as a background, and I got involved with all sorts of counseling, grief and bereavement, hospice care, um, children, um, adolescent counseling, pregnancy counseling, all these kinds of things. But it was when a gentleman, um, when I was in private practice, a gentleman came to me and and said, look, I, I've heard you're open-minded. And he said, you know, there are no support groups for this. For this, people just think you're crazy, you're a loony. Um, and he said, you know, I'm having these experiences where I'm being taken on board spacecraft. I wake up with marks on my body, shaved areas. And he said that not only myself, but my partner and the children are all having experiences. And, you know, they're frightened. They don't know what to do about it. Um, Can you help? And so that was me being thrown in the deep end, if you like, to this whole phenomena. Fortunately, I'm one of these people that reads anything that's weird and wonderful. Um, And I'd read a couple of books only a few months before on extraterrestrial encounters, one by a Harvard psychiatrist, a professor of psychiatry, Dr. Don Mack, who wrote a book about his work with experiences saying he believed them. After all the psychological testing, he believed it was a reality, and also Whitney Streber's book, Communion, which is a classic about his experiences. So I had that minimal background, but when this gentleman came to me, I thought, you know, if it's a psychological illness you don't have it affecting the whole family you don't have tangible things like marks on your body shaved areas and it was um just the very honesty and directness and groundedness of the gentleman made it very clear to me that something very unusual and very strange was going on and that really was um the beginning of my journey into finding out is this real and if it is how can i help and that's where ultimately CERN um, was created, and I found very quickly that this isn 't a rarity that this is people all over the globe that are having these experiences i 've worked with over three thousand individuals so far families um, I've, you know the The kinds of clients I get are from you know lawyers, doctors, nurses, clinical psychologists right through to farmers to policemen to pilots. You name it, whatever culture, whatever belief system doesn't make any difference. If you're going to have an encounter, you'll have an encounter. And this includes the children that, you know, Taz and Paula were talking about, that when the families have experiences, you can see the intergenerational links, which go from, you know, the grandparents right down to the later generations, all seeming to be upgrades of that experience.
2: Wow. So you have you have people in the background that have confirmed this from from uh, you know grandparents to
0: parents to children. Is that correct? What I have done is when I discover that someone's had experiences, I start to ask about the parents and also the grandparents. Was there anything? Were they a bit different? Were they a bit unusual? Were they very um, intuitive or psychic? Because that's a real indicator, and they'll often say, "Oh." My mum was a bit, a bit unusual. She was a bit different. Or my grandmother was a bit fay, uh, fay meaning a bit psychic. You know, this is um, the Scottish way of saying someone's a bit psychic. And there's the indicator. The indicator is that they're more multidimensionally aware. And you know, even though they won't have understood what this uh, uh, meant or why they're that way, the uh, the succeeding generations do. Um, just like the parents that realize that something very unusual has been going on most of their life. And, you know, the the whole word abduction is in a way not correct because there's only a small percentage of the 100% that actually feel it's an abduction. That may be only 25 30%. The rest of them do not view it like that whatsoever. They see it as their connection to their star family, their origins. And they may say to me, I've never felt like I've belonged. I've always felt different. I've always been more sensitive, seeing things that other people can't see, um, felt I've come here with a mission or a purpose. Um, And these beings, you know, they will see maybe as their spirit guides or they will see them as angels, the light beings that they see may interpret them as angels. So it really is a, a, a new way of exploring how interactions with these different intelligences occur. And as I say, many, it's not a scary thing at all. It's actually what gives them comfort to feel that they're connected to these star beings which they see as their family.
1: So we've we've interviewed uh, people and it does seem like this runs in the family because somebody will say, well, my sister had the experience also or my parents and my grandparents did. So we've seen that just in our interviews.
0: It, it is what has, has intrigued me is um, how you will have someone who's had experiences and we know that they take genetic material. We know people are taught on the craft many things from physics right through to the origin of the species. Uh, all of these things, even young children have told me that they have that, that those kinds of lessons on the craft. So it's far more than... Taking genetic material, etc. It's actually an educational program. And what what interested me was that with the parents and their their perhaps limited memory, what we were finding with the succeeding generations, they were a lot more aware. They um, had more conscious memory, not only of their interactions but their origins, which they may say to me. You know, it might be an eight or or nine year old saying, well, my last life was on Orion or my last life was on this particular planet. And, you know, I've come here because as an eight year old said to me, um, I communicate with animals and I'm here to help humans understand animals and to treat them um, with more respect, for example. And he said to me that my real family are the mantid beings, which are, you know, quite strange for um, an eight-year-old to say it's his family because they look a bit like praying mantis. You know, they are um, very, you know, tall, eight or nine foot. Um, They look a bit insect-like. And for an eight-year-old to say, well, that's my family, and I'm more connected to them than my human family, is a very strange statement until you realize that he's not the only one that feels they're from other places, other planets, and they will talk about their past lives. Another 16-year-old told me he came from, his last life was on Mars, and that he used to build interstellar craft, and that in, in fact, he still remembers how to build th- these craft. When a nine-year-old tells me, you know, from Orion, he comes from Orion. I, in fact, I was talking to his father who was in the US, and the young nine-year-old says, says to his father, look, I'd like to speak to Mary um i found this quite interesting that a 9 year old would choose to speak to a lady he didn't know you know at all um and when he spoke to me i said to him why is it that you felt that you wanted to speak to me he said well it's because of your frequency oh so that was very interesting and then from that he said look i'm my last life was on orion i worked with time travel technology um i am um i was a light physicist And he said, and I've come to bring that information to this planet. He said, oh, the problem is that many of the scientists here don't have the awareness or the understanding that I have. The nearest to my understanding was Tesla. So, you know, this is a nine-year-old explaining this, that he doesn't believe a lot of the scientists here would understand his advanced physics.
2: Um, It's not a normal
0: conversation.
2: Mary, (laughs) Do they actually say what the difference
0: is in the physics? I mean, have they gone into that with you? He's explained, I mean, he's in a class of of very advanced children anyway for his age and whatever, but we haven't gone into the details. What um, has happened since I started a CERN I've become part, um, co-founder and a director of a new, another organization that although is based in the U.S. called Free, which is the Foundation for Research into Extraterrestrial Encounters. And we are fortunate that this has got an academic arm and a scientific arm. So we have you know, several physicists and astrophysicists, Dr. Rudy Shield, who can look at some of the scientific information that many of those that have encounters download or have awareness of. And so we can actually now start looking at this material and saying, has it got credibility? You know, is it something that we can put out into the the public once we've um, looked at it and worked out whether or not it has veracity? And we've needed that because I didn't have those kinds of skills. We've got an academic arm with two um, psychology professors, for example, Dr. Klima, who's been a psychology professor. Um, for 40 years, um, um, and Dr. Uh, Leo Sprinkle. Both of these are now putting together surveys, which will will eventuate into academic papers, so we can bring this into mainstream. We can stop seeing it as this weird and wonderful kind of woo-woo type of subject, and saying, you know what, it's time the public knew this is real, and we are taking it seriously, and Here is the credentials behind those that are taking it seriously. And these are the academic or professional papers that are showing that this has veracity and the information that individuals are coming out with. Um, Often, these are people that get physics downloads and they know nothing about physics. They have no um, academic credentials in it at all, but will have downloads on free energy, physics of different kinds, etc., etc. This is what the public doesn't know. The public doesn't know that, that many of these intelligences are assisting humanity to advance, primarily to advance in consciousness, but also to give us new ways of managing our planet that isn't just destroying it the way that we're unfortunately seem to be doing at the moment. Well, it's really exciting to see someone so young bringing
1: this forth because we really it makes hope <laughs> hope do you do you find Australia more open to this than other countries
0: well it it's in, an interesting question um in there are certain uh, parts, you know, sort of um, levels of awareness in Australia that are certainly very open to this. And you know, I speak in sometimes spiritualist churches or psychic development class um, people who are working in 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 clairvoyancy and, and opening themselves up multidimensionally. Um, I you know I have spoken um, at certain um, with certain groups that are open to the you know more of our multidimensional reality apart from the UFO. Uh, crowd, of course, as well, who, who, for many, um, still want to stay with the nuts and bolts side of this, um, and uh, struggle when people have near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences or shamanic experiences that are related to this as well, because many people will see themselves as, um, you know, star seeds, or they may see themselves as walk-ins or hybrids, um, as well as, you know, having these. Um, experiences where they go out of body or a near-death experience awakens them up to their their interactions to these beings. So these are the areas that ufology has often not wanting to explore because they've wanted to retain as much from the nuts and bolts side of this. But I'm saying you can't because it's all in the mix. But getting back to your question, the ones that the areas and countries that at the moment I have found the most blocked to this in terms of um, the way that they view it is actually I was in Scandinavia um, in, uh, what was it, September, October. I did um, Denmark, Norway and Sweden and there it, it seems that it, it's more acceptable to be um, a sexual predator than it is to be an experiencer because it's like you really have lost the plot. Um, when I spoke to a young man in, in Sweden um, at a, a, a presentation I did there, this young man in his late 20s, and I, um, I haven't mentioned that a lot of people who have experiences often come out with unusual languages that they say are star languages or light languages. This young man came up to me, and he was in his late 20s, and he said to me, Mary, I started to come out with one of these star languages, and my friends called the police, and I ended up in hospital. So there you go. Now, this wouldn't happen in Australia, and it wouldn't happen, I I don't think, in in, in the U.S. or in England. But certainly in Scandinavia, they say it is very closed and very conservative and and very left-brained. So that is disturbing when you can go to somewhere like South America and all of this is very acceptable. You know you can talk about your contacts. You can talk about all of this stuff. In fact, I'm going and speaking in Brasilia um in July and it's a contactee forum um that I'm speaking at. All of this, the star children and the, the more unusual aspects of what these children are doing apart from writing, uh, drawing strange scripts, um, translating some of these languages for me. I had a seven year old in Queensland who looked at my book, Awakening, and in it is a script by Tracy Taylor and her mother was looking through the book and her daughter said, Oh, I can read that And her mother said, what do you mean, you can read this script? And she said, yes. And she proceeded to say the language, translate it. And her mother was absolutely astounded and contacted me and said, Mary, my daughter is seven, so she can read it. And I actually spoke to this little seven-year-old on Skype. And I said, would you read it to me? And she said, oh, do you want it in the language or do you want it in English? And I said, can you do both? And she said, yes. So she not only came out with the language as she read it, she then translated it for me and I said to her, do you know the source of that information? And she said, oh yes, that's the greys. Um, So this is a seven-year-old and this is what I'm finding is a lot of these children can read some of these scripts. She actually did it for me again another time. And it was a different source. This time it was the graves and the mantid beings. But she, you could see that she was reading it and translating it. She was reading it as we would if we were seeing something we were working on. It wasn't like blah, blah, blah. It was, you could see her going through each part of the script as she was reading it. And again, it, was, it just flowed. There was no hesitation. It was just like, oh this is okay you know this is just like i'm i'm picking up a reading book um and she's not the only one i've had other children i had a 12 year old translate a whole page of script telling me w- what it was and uh what what basically it conveyed and it was all a script that i'd got from a lady in in the us actually that had sent me this page of script who also was a starseed so these children um are really quite incredible
1: can some of them um uh read and, and speak more than one language
0: some of them yes not all of them uh, some of them interestingly will speak the languages in their sleep and the, uh, the parents can be quite confronted by this when they hear them speaking these languages and there are other experiences adult experiences where their partners will say they're speaking strange languages in their sleep and I can only assume they're having a dialogue with um, someone in that language from somewhere else Um, which is, you know, this is a phenomena that isn't looked at. Um, And many uh, ufologists are very wary, understandably so, at looking at this. But for me, if it's part of the whole phenomena, you can't dismiss it and just say, well, that's too weird, I don't want to look at that. Because so many said, even as a child, they were writing strange scripts. I've had children of five write symbols on their arms and say to their parents, this is important, you need to... Um, You need to look at this. You know, this is, um, you know, from three years old, writing unusual scripts um, and also drawing the beings and drawing energy fields around them and craft with energy fields around them. Um, One, three um, seven-year-old girls, one in Melbourne, two in the U.S., talked about going on spacecraft to Mars and being taught there. And one of them was drawing a symbol which she said that she'd seen on the walls and and on the craft. And I actually sent the symbol to another lady who said her daughter had been on spacecraft to Mars. And this other daughter actually could translate what that that symbol was because she'd seen it too. So you had corroboration from two independent seven-year-olds that had no knowledge of each other or the background that were saying the same thing about this symbol so you know I, I i'm very careful to verify as much as possible or corroborate the material that i get and see if i can get feedback from other experiences whether it's a language that somebody says is from mark taurus or from one of the you know um some of them will will speak a language and i will then send it to somebody else who speaks the language and say do you recognize this is there an understanding there of this so that you know, I'm getting this kind of corroboration and, and, and often it will be, yes, I know that language, I speak it too or they and they'll be able to translate it. So this isn't gobbledygook. This is these are languages and there there is many. Some of them know exactly um, the origin. I have a seven year old seventeen year old that speaks Arcturian because he says he's an Arcturian ambassador coming to this planet. And he is an ecological engineer that he will help us create an environment and living environment that's in harmony with the planet. Now, 17-year-olds are normally on computers, playing computer games, or seeing the latest pictures of um, a a very good-looking young lady. So, you know, these are are not normal behaviors of teenagers, for example. (laughs)
2: Mary are the children do they actually know why they're coming here do they describe their family their family extraterrestrial family to their to their home family on this planet um do they do any part of that trying to make um the cohesiveness of everything begin to flow in a different direction
0: Absolutely. Um, and what is obviously beneficial is if their parents listen. And unfortunately, the the parents that write to me, because of their own experiences, um, most of the time, although it's very confronting for them, they will, will listen to what they have to say. I, I have to say some have been very confronted when a five-year-old um, I, I always remember this lady, she'd only recently found out she had had experiences and her daughter said to her, you know um, you're not my real mum, my real mum's in space, and, uh, and she said, no, I don't really look like this. And her mother said to her, well, can you draw what you really look like? And she said, no, because you'd be frightened. But oh. she actually uh, mentioned, uh, like many of the others, like the 8-year-old that says his family is a mantid family, his mother um, and where his origins are um and and i'm going to take it down the rabbit hole a little bit further because this young man also told me that when he was on spacecraft that sometimes he his his essence evaporates into the manted form in other words he he um finds himself in a manted container or if you like or a mantid form some of the time on the craft and i said how does that feel and he said oh it's okay because i go back to my human form afterwards but he said it is a bit strange Um, and this is something else that we have to understand is that their connection to these star beings sometimes means it appears that when they go up on spacecraft they may not always stay in their human form they may actually move into another form for a time and then come back to their human form which is only really showing us you know that the essence our essence our soul essence doesn't necessarily always have to stay in its human form all the time and that we go out of body um, as many people are aware of and experience um, but these take it one step further they sometimes go into a form that feels more comfortable to them and and a 19-year-old told me, I asked her about this, and she told her mother at 8 years old about her experiences. Her mother was a scientist. And gradually her mother was accepting of the fact that her daughter had come to this planet to help. They all feel they've got a mission or a purpose to help their family wake up, for example. Um, and this young lady who told me that her favorite form was azanizoni, which was a purple-skinned humanoid. Um, quite attractive actually she drew a picture of this Izoni, and she said when i go out of body i take on my Izoni form because it's one i really like and i'm very comfortable with so this takes this to a whole new level of experience, human experience and a way of understanding the complexity of the soul and what we're capable of but also why you know all the reasons why we wonder why that why are you know they'll say why me, what does it all mean, what's it all about, and you have to really start looking at this from the soul journey, not just the human um awareness and consciousness that we've been uh, looking at this phenomena up to date
2: Mary do, do they, they um
0: more-
2: do they uh-huh. actually tell you um how they learn when they're away um that what's the process of them going to school
0: when they're yes okay yeah um what's really interesting is that when they say they go up on the craft one eight year old young man said to me not only does he go and have his medical exam once a year in a tube he he's aware he can't move and i asked him what was that about and he said oh that's my yearly medical exam but he also then described to me being in a group the um human children with him were school friends of his that he recognized but he said there were other children but they weren't the same as me and i sort of said well what do you mean i said how were they different and he said oh their eyes were different i knew they weren't you know weren't the same and we would use our minds our brainways, to do things and learn things from higher mathematics to about black holes and science and i said and very complex subjects and I said, well, can you tell me what some of these subjects were or what you learned? He said, no. He said, you wouldn't understand. It's too complex. So I was put in my place pretty well um, from from that that kind of comment, as you can, you can probably understand. But one of the interesting things a nine-year-old in Europe told me, a young lady um, of nine who said she's here to help her family wake up. And she's taught by Imoko, which is a blue being and a green being, and she said she was given information on seven books not real books but information that were like you know were put into categories of books and she described it like this the the red book she was given was about creation and its origins the brown one was about different planets and life there the light green one is about nature and how we can make contact with plants and animals and understand nature and then she went into the dark green one is about the body and how it really works and how we get to evolve. The blue book is about light and truth. And then she said the red-brown one, is I, she can't open yet because a dragon took the key from her in the 1700s. So this is past life recall. And the black book, she said, is about darkness and evil. Now, that's fascinating to look at the complexity of what that information was conveyed including the spirituality side where she said her understanding of god for example was that there was no gender that there was no male and female and and this being this ultra terrestrial as she called it came from dayland which is the the place of light and love and where the angels live so a completely different take a more universal way of looking at spirituality and the soul for example and remember she's nine um, that's coming out with this information, you know. Um, and that's what I keep reminding myself. Is they're profound, complex information, and these, many of these children are under 10 years old, um, which is, you know, this is what, you know, I find quite astounding.
1: Do you think that we have more of them now because the planet is um, in trouble? I mean, you think more is coming down to help?
0: Absolutely. I, and they say that. Um, they know they're here to help with the shift in the paradigm, that, um, that we are all awakening, if you like, to the greater reality, including our potential. And as this nine-year-old in Europe said to me, Mary, human beings are literally amazing beings, but she said they don't know it yet. They, don't, they have to believe it first. So we've got to start understanding The potential of who we are and I think these new generations are showing us that they're actually demonstrating that with through their awareness and their understanding and I have said we need a whole new way of education because she was explaining that the present schooling system please she said um, she said uh, it programs you out of your light in other words all the knowing that they have that they've come in with and their understanding that they're gaining through this multi-level education we have to provide a space and a place for that to happen. In other words, it will be completely different to the way we're, we, we think we're teaching the kids, whereas actually the kids will be teaching us what they need to help them help us change the way that we are, exist on this planet and operate on this planet now. So it'll actually be a reversal of roles which i think a lot of people will struggle with but for me that's the one thing she said to me she said mary she was saying it via an interpreter and she said mary has big ears and i asked (laughs) her to explain that um and and her explanation was that mary listens most adults don't and that was the big lesson from this young nine-year-old was we need to listen to them because if we do then we can actually start to make the changes and i believe it's a great message that we are being supported to change what is not right on this planet now, and I, I, I'm very, very hopeful. And that's what my second book is about: letting the parents know that these children are there and everywhere, and to listen to their children. And also, these children are with new programs. So what we're seeing as autistic or ADHD or Asperger's, or uh, are actually, I believe, new programs because many of them are tapping into more of their multidimensional um, reality and they struggle with the limited third dimensional one which doesn't fit for them. It doesn't make sense for them. It's like they're looking through one eye when or we're looking through their, their one eye and they're actually looking with both eyes. And that's where we have to understand. And unfortunately, and, and I've got a couple of scientists now that actually agree with that. And, and one of them was um, quite interesting um, in the way that... What Dr. William Brown, who's a molecular biologist, said, the exponential increase in ADD, autistic and indigo children, their brains work faster, and I believe they already know what they're being taught. The intrinsic understanding of knowledge and information operates at a biomolecular level, transgenerational information. He's saying that um, this genetic modification is occurring right now in utero and are actually producing new humans. And their new genetic architecture allows them to see the world in a multidimensional fashion. And that was his interpretation of these new kids. And, and similarly, Dr. Olson, who I mentioned, who um, is, is also um, has a Ph.D. in molecular toxicology, uh, it says that the programs such as ADD, ADHD, Asperger's, she calls letter people, I do not believe these are broken genes, but instead offering new multidimensional skills to prevent limited reprogramming of a third dimensional reality. In other words, they are new programs to help us, if you like, birth into our new reality. So we've got, we've got to stop seeing them as dysfunctional. We've got to start looking at what the abilities and understanding that they have, because they've already discovered many autistic children are telepathic which, um, you know, changes the way that we perhaps will operate with them because if a child um, understands or um, is empathic to the parents, um, can, if you like, um, understand what they're thinking, the parent has to start being aware of what they're thinking and make sure that what they're thinking is okay because otherwise the child will emulate what they're thinking. If If the parents are getting frustrated, for example, the child will feel that and behave accordingly. We have to start understanding where they're coming from. And this is what I'm writing about too is, you know, um one gentleman with ADHD who's in his fifties now didn't know that he had ADHD but told me his name's Neil Gold, he's a UFO researcher in the Hong Kong. And he, he wrote a book, um, Close Encounters of the ADHD kind because he said he always saw reality differently and he interprets his ADHD as always um dialed to higher dimensions so that's a new way of looking at what we have interpreted as dysfunctions and this is really really important.
1: <clears throat>
0: Mary, um what
2: about the um you know the children that are coming in like this there's they have different frequencies does this actually transfer to other beings around them young young and old alike? does that actually, that frequency kind of penetrate the um, shield that we have and bring new energy
0: and new ways to think as well? Absolutely. I think that as everybody who, uh, you know, starts to understand and and wake up to this, um, just like that nine-year-old, said the reason he wanted to speak to me was because of my frequency. They, um, The more that you take on the awareness or you start to evolve within your understanding, your frequency changes. The more that you um, accept the information that resonates and honor it, your, your frequency changes. And from that, wherever you are, then you are going to affect those around you. It's like the pebble in the pond. Um, those that are receptive will take on that That energy or that frequency, too, and I think this is how, part of how it works, and these children know this, but they 're bringing in the frequencies through their scripts, through the artwork, through the languages, they're bringing this, uh, the crop circles are another um, way we're getting the frequencies. Um, the other interesting thing recently is i 'm hearing about the young star seeds that are um, bringing in music. Um, they're, they're becoming very talented musicians and bringing in the frequencies through music. And if you look at a lot of the children now on these these um, shows, these talent shows that are sometimes only 9, 10 or 11, and they are singing like young, like mature adults almost, they are stunning. I believe these are star, star seeds or star kids that are bringing in the frequencies through their voice. And when you listen, it is just, it it changes you just by listening to these wonderful children. And I believe all of these are different ways that we are being assisted to take on those frequencies, including the frequencies that are coming to the planet now from other planetary bodies, including the sun, apparently, all of these are frequencies to assist us to evolve into a higher consciousness. It's everywhere, and people are changing. And it just depends on the soul's journey when it's your turn to wake up. Um, and, and I think this is without question happening globally. Now, have,
1: have any of these children gone to the United Nations or, or any government officials, have they been listened to?
0: Um I think, let's put it like this, the the shadow governments and what have you know full well these children are everywhere. They, they, I believe, are not very keen on them doing what they're doing for lots of different reasons. But I do think some of the younger children that have had an impact or done something very significant, and we've had a few of them, you know, like the, the, the little Pakistani girl, for example, who challenged the system in her own country and got shot for it and survived. I without yes, that's right, I think she is one of them, um, and I think that these are the ones that are coming in. They are you know like little avatars, many of them um a lot of them will be shut down as they you know this nine year old in Europe told me she said that of the fifty percent she she gave me statistics and said fifty percent of the planet are star seeds, and she said, but only about twenty percent survive. The conditioning and programming um, that shuts them down so you know the more that we're aware the more that we put this out there the more other parents and families will be aware and supportive and this is what what you're doing which is so important because you're facilitating that you're facilitating the frequency because that's what it is ultimately it's the frequency of waking up and you know and you can't minimize that it, It's it's wonderful that you're both doing it thank you mary you um
2: you are the author of Awakening How extraterrestrial Contact can Transform your Life. Your first edition was two thousand two and you republished it again uh in two thousand ten dr Roger Lear was quoted as saying that your book he said in my in his opinion, this book will become the Bible of the Alien Abduction Phenomenon. Um, Evidently, the book, Awakening, was written as a resource and process for those experiencing encounters with non-human intelligences, providing a framework for acceptance, integration, and understanding the multidimensional nature of encounters. Um, uh, Transformative outcomes include heightened awareness of non-physical realms, Psychic Healing Abilities, Precognition, Telepathy, Astral Traveling, Changes in Lifestyle and Focus. Um, Did any of the children, when you were writing this book, talk about the astral travel and um, that kind of thing with you?
0: Well, it's... Initially, that was written primarily for the adults um, that were questioning their sanity, wondering whether they're going crazy. Um, all the questions that I got asked time and time again, either email or phone, um, it, it came became very clear that many people didn't know where to go, who to ask, were afraid perhaps that they were going to be perceived as um, psychiatrically unsound, et cetera, et cetera. So, The idea initially with that was, okay, let me put together a manual, a resource book that will take people through the process of their understanding to help and validate some of the things that they were feeling or sensing but afraid to talk about. So primarily it was that. Um, And what was interesting when I was writing the chapters, I often found myself getting information on that particular chapter almost like I was given extra help to add certain bits to it and whatever. So it was an interesting process to see how that all evolved. And you probably know what I mean. It's like there yeah. was some other um, help to make sure I put in everything I needed to put in. Um, but what was interesting too was uh, there's a whole chapter on, on on the children and some of the things that they say to highlight to the parents that it's very possible and most likely that their children on some level are having something going on. And the important thing is that even if they're, you know, uncertain and, and uh, afraid themselves, their children may not be. And it's really important for them to understand that the, their children may not need to be. Um, you know, sometimes we're just afraid of the unknown. We're we're afraid of, of um, I find this with hypnosis that many people come in and the reason they're coming for an, um, a, a regression is because they're fearful uh, of of what they're going to find and often it's more fearful of the anticipation of what they're going to find and often they find something completely different once they actually go into the experience and understand it and it it, it often can be transformative just to find out that it's not what they ever believed it was you know in terms of their fear really important with the children because many of them don't have the fear but they may have the fear if you have the fear so it's really important to be neutral as much as possible with the children, although they may say things come in at night, it's important to say, "Look, you're going to be okay," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they can even get to understand that if if they don't want it to happen for a while, they can say this and make this as part of their commit. You know, their consensual thing as well, because often they we found that the beings will respect that for a while, but also that they are here with a job and it's part of their soul journey too, because um, they're here to help. They're here to help humanity. So. It really is as being as balanced and as supportive. What do you do about the fear? How do you manage it? What have other people done that they found worked? You know, anything there are strategies or tools I've put in there. And I've also put in a great deal about clairvoyancy, um, you know, that many people get precognitive information. They do have out-of-body experiences that, you know, they may feel as strange or weird or if they come from a very religious belief system they may be afraid it's demons and and so you know you've got all this background of conditioning and programming that you've got to if you like almost delete um to appreciate this new paradigm and 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 basically you have to leave the old behind you've got no choice because once you start going down this rabbit hole it will take you into areas that you've never perhaps even imagined existed from parallel universes to dimensions to other planets to past lives on other planets you you name it 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 can possibly come up so you know it doesn't fit in with the the present paradigm at all and you know you you do need a bridge and and the book's the bridge it helps you put one foot in one camp and one in another and still be aware you're in a third dimensional world but you're also inhabiting a multi-dimensional one and you can manage both when you stop fighting it, when you actually accept it's all in this part of our experience and that it's okay and that you're not going to go crazy if you honor those experiences as well. In fact, they'll fill in the in the, the parts of the puzzle that you never understood before.
2: Are, are we um, being updated ourselves as well? Um, I'm hearing that perhaps the sun rays or the solar flares that uh, really uh hit our planet are igniting our dna ourselves do they ever speak about anything
0: like that yes and and they you know they're aware that apart from many intelligences both um the extraterrestrial ones but also the interdimensional ones um they are aware that you know the, the assistance is coming from a multi level including the these different frequencies from the sun and there's several scientists that are saying it's not just affecting plants and the animals, but it's obviously affecting us because you know we're we're part and we're connected to all of it as well. You can't put us in one category and not know that we're all connected. And 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 this is you know exactly the same of, of what they're saying and in depth. You know, um, I I still get quite amazed at the the depth of understanding these young people. I mean. It's it, it really I, I was talking to this sixteen year old that was conveying the understanding of his philosophy on his soul journey and whatever and I, I have to say to you both that I listened to this sixteen year old and I thought, you know, it took me to get to sixty before I got that <laughs> so I'm obviously you know, I couldn't believe it at sixteen he'd nailed it. He'd absolutely nailed it and I just was gobsmacked, you know, and this is what I love. I love the fact that I'm learning. I, I love the fact that they're teaching me things that I, you know, um, I've wondered about or had an inner feeling about. Whereas they, they talk about it quite normally. It's, it's their reality. And, uh, you know, what is hard is when they're not listened to, or where their, you know, their information is, is is dismissed by their families or you know their parents. And that is the greatest trauma of all. And we really have got to become. More accepting that we really know just a am- minute amount of what reality consists of. Um, we really don't know, no matter what anybody thinks they do. We really don't. And listening to the children may just give us some sense of what 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 this is all about. You know, sometimes I become literally speechless when I
2: when I hear a young person speak in such a in depth and Uh, mature, old-age fashion, Uh, you know, it's uh, literally, you know, you just listen. You can't help it. And I think that that's probably what's going on to many. It, It makes you want to practically cry. You have a new book out, I think you said, that you're working on, or it's already
0: out. Will you talk about that? it's not out i wish it was um i feel very um pressured almost to get it written and it's been very hard because i've done so many so much traveling in the last um year or so and i've really wanted to focus on it but with sessions and and with you know all my work because i write for three magazines as well um but it, yes the book is i've got it together i've now got to put it in some order but it goes right from you know what the 3 and 4 year olds say to the 5 and 6 year olds to the 7 and 8 year olds the 9 and 10 year olds and also some of the teenagers that know their star seeds um and what they say and understand so it's teenagers down really and what i I've, I've tried to cover is broad range of the topics that they come um that they come out with you know not only what they learn on the craft but some of the things they know about you'd be amazed at how many know what's going on behind the scenes on this planet you know when you have a a a nine-year-old say that do you know that the moon is artificial for example and that there are beings on the moon and on mars and and talking about such things as how certain agencies are trying to you know pick up on these children and to shut them down for example now you, you know conspiracy theories aren't normal in children under 10. But believe me, some of these children know about it. They know exactly what to look out for, um, where they're being misled. And, you know, this is quite confronting because, you know, um, you, you, you can only take it seriously when you've got them of that age. You know, they don't watch talk shows. You know, they don't read books on this. And yet they're talking about it. They're talking about how they're being shut down um, yeah. and, and some of the procedures on this planet that are doing that. Um, they talk about mind control. They talk about, um, you know, how some of these children are picked up and used by um, these agencies. You know, all this kind of... They know about it. You know, this is, this is, this is the, the confronting thing for me. And it's man's inhumanity to man, which is, you know, when we talk about, well, the aliens, are they doing this, this, and this? Do you know what? I don't think they're doing anything worse than what we're doing to ourselves. So, um, you know, I'm I'm inclined to be quite dismissive of that, you know, because if we are having at least some of those intelligences assisting us to wake up and and smell the roses, which uh, a lot of the planet are not doing, they're not aware of how much we're controlled. um, And they're not aware of how so many of these children are being shut down. um, The children are telling them. You know, and it's up to them whether or not they want to listen to it. And this is about waking up. This is about seeing what's behind going on behind the scenes. And I know you both of you will understand what I'm talking about. This yeah. will be in the book too. You know, because they know Great. people need to, to read this.
2: Mary, um, you know, first of all, okay, we're speaking with Mary Rodwell. That's R O D W E L L. And um she has an email where you can connect with her if you want to uh do it personally. If by chance you um uh don't get it down today on the show, I will put it on our website, uh Taz and Show dot com. And um but her email is Star Line, that's Star S T A R, then the word Line, so it's together, Star Line at IINet.net.au. Is that correct, Mary? That's absolutely correct. Okay. So it's starline at, and there's two I's, IINet.net.au. Mary, you said that people could find you on Facebook. How do they do that? Just by putting your name Um, in.
0: Or or, a DSN. Um, Facebook with a CERN, they'll they'll come up with with me as well. So um, okay. I try to keep up to date with the Facebook.
2: Okay. So a CERN is a C E R N. Uh, it stands for um, Australian Close Encounter Research Network, and the uh, the name again is an abbreviation is a C-E-R-N, like Nancy, for network. And ACERN's a primary primary role is to offer professional counseling, support, hypnotherapy, and information to individuals and their families with um, anomalous paranormal experiences, particularly specializing in abduction contact experiences. Um, Mary, is there anything that we haven't touched upon that you would like us two here we've got a couple of minutes left
0: all i'd like to say is that one nine-year-old said to me that the the time between 2012 and 2017 is absolutely crucial on this planet to what's happening with high consciousness and i find that quite fascinating and she said something she said you know poor us poor kids who come to volunteer we have such a difficult time ahead of us a real fight i'm here to help my family wake up but everyone is sleeping. They want us to wake up and see how powerful we really are. Some individuals from dayland and evening land have come here to help humanity with the awakening. It's dangerous to come here and help, because memories can be deleted at birth, destroyed by society and education, drink or drugs. They come here aware of the dangers and still want to come and help. But she said we are you know, it is happening. We need to increase our energy as we don't have the energy required that's stolen from us. We need to protect it. And she goes on to say how, you know, the more that we are aware of of what's going on, the more we can actually be part of this shift. I think that's very, very important. So I would like to say is they're here. They've come to help. And it actually is, I don't believe they've come here for a waste of time. I certainly wouldn't have incarnated if I thought it was all a waste of time. And I certainly don't think these kids have. So, the hope is that they've come because they know can work, and that what they're doing and what they're helping us to achieve will change what's going on on this planet and I'm very and because of that, I'm very hopeful for our future hmm. thank you i
2: I really want to thank you for the impact um that you've brought forward to the planet um your research and exploration into such depth uh you
0: know,
2: uh, I don't think you have a bored minute, do you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I did actually. Honestly, I've I've said to the universe, you know, as soon as it gets boring down here, you can take me off. So they've actually made uh, they've taken that seriously, and they've made sure that I keep interested. So um, <laughs> when I disappear, it's because I've got bored. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're tipping the scales, Mary. You're
2: tipping the scales. Ah, uh, wow. God bless your journey. Thank you for being with us. We are so honored to have had a space of time with you, and I I know you're always busy, and thank you for all the work that you do. It is definitely uh, very much appreciated.
0: Uh, Thank you so much.
2: You're welcome. Don't Mm. forget come back when that new book is written, and uh,
0: we'll hop on that. Absolutely. Thank you both very much, and thank you for all you're doing, because without you, I can't put this information out there, so thank you both. Okay, God bless. God bless.
1: Dear Sam, at eighteen t you get a Surface 3 for $199, which bundled with any Windows smartphone. with the new Microsoft Lumia 950 on eighteen t Next. Then, I can send my wish list online, plus paper letters, cost paper cuts, Surface 3. New smartphone, no paper cuts. That's like 400 bucks off. Your friend Ross. at and mobilizing your world. Select location Surface 3 requires two-year agreement. Must activate wireless service on both devices. Early termination, activation, or upgrade. Other fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See a participating store for details.